Chapter 59 The crowd jostled Fiora, pushing her through the room like the waves on a stormy sea. She gave up fighting and let it carry her. As long as she was moving, she had a chance to escape. But somehow the mass of people pushed her to the front again. Gustav and Elspeth were still dancing. Still staring at each other like a couple in love. Fiora gritted her teeth. If she couldn't push through the crowd to the balconies, then the only exit was the staircase to the main hallway. Everyone would see her as she ran up it, but Fiora didn't care. She just needed to get out of here. Her vision was blurry from tears, and she wasn't sure if they were caused by the pain in her feet or the ache in her heart. Perhaps losing Gustav's affection had worsened the effect of the curse. Fiora looked down at her ring, expecting to once again see a dull, gray orb. Instead, the pearl still shimmered. Streaks of pink and blue danced in the candlelight. A streak of gold had replaced the gray. What did that mean? Fiora wiped away the tears that were blurring her vision and stared at the gem, trying to make sense of the swirls of pearl and gold. Maybe the magic was broken. How could Gustav love her when he had abandoned her for Elspeth? Or perhaps Gustav had never been the one who loved her. Perhaps someone else secretly cared, and Fiora had been too distracted by Gustav to notice. That seemed unlikely. What were the odds that Fiora would manage to catch two men when years of effort had failed to catch one? Maybe Dale had fallen in love with her after she retrieved some of his precious forks. Fiora snorted in spite of everything. That would be just her luck. Lady Mare. Fiora jumped as Colette's voice cut through the music. Please, come join us. Colette gestured to the small group of royals standing beside her. Princess Serafina and Elaine were studying the dancing couple with suspicion. Dowager Queen Bernadine looked fierce, but her expression softened when she caught Fiora's gaze. She raised her hands to sign something, then dropped them with a frustrated shrug. Fiora understood. What was there to say? She eyed the staircase. It was freedom. She could run up and... And do what, exactly? Swim out to sea and hope the mermaids found her. At this rate, her legs would give out before she made it out of the castle, and she still didn't have her voice. Colette grew tired of waiting, walked over, and grabbed Fiora's hand. She pulled the reluctant princess over to their group. I'm sure he was just surprised to find the girl who rescued him, Colette signed. He'll come to his senses in a moment. Fiora shook her head. It's fine. It's not. He invited you to the gala then abandoned you. Gustav is usually more considerate than that. I am so sorry, Lady Mare. Fiora blinked, surprised at the apology. It isn't like Gustav to get carried away like this, Dowager Queen Bernadine said. I'll speak with him as soon as this dance ends. You don't have to do that. He doesn't owe me anything. We're not. Fiora stopped. She had been going to sign that she and Gustav weren't engaged, but that was rather obvious. They weren't even officially a couple. Apparently she had simply been a convenient companion until someone better came along. Stop it, Colette said. Whatever you're thinking, just stop it. He was surprised and wanted to thank her for saving his life. As soon as the dance is over, he'll come to his senses, and we can talk about this. 
Fiora took a deep breath and tried to relax. Maybe Colette was right. The pearl still glowed with magic. Or perhaps it is love at first sight, Marquis Corbo said. And with a princess. Everyone glared at him, but the Marquis's smile didn't waver. You may not care about such things, but I have been trying very hard to find someone suitable for Gustav to marry. I find this turn of events quite fortuitous. He gave Fiora a significant glance. She rolled her eyes. Before Colette or Dowager Queen Bernadine could comment, the music ended. Gustav kept one hand on Elspeth's waist and waved the other to get everyone's attention. Colette and Bernadine tensed, ready to rush out to the dance floor and intercept Gustav as soon as they could. Ladies and gentlemen, my apologies. I know you came here to celebrate my birthday, but plans have changed. Fiora shared a nervous look with Colette. This didn't sound good. Then Gustav took Elspeth's hand and knelt in front of her. Princess Elspeth of Kell, will you marry me? Yes, of course. Fiora's heart sank even further as her breath caught in her throat. He was proposing. How could she have been so very wrong about his feelings? Colette let out a little gasp and covered her mouth with her hand. She looked to her grandmother. Dowager Queen Bernadine was signing furiously to Thomas, ordering him to wheel her across the room so she could stop this nonsense. Thomas was signing back just as quickly, trying to reason with her. We'll be married tonight, Gustav said. Out of the question, Bernadine said. But the crowd's cheers drowned her words. The guests all seemed to think they were witnessing a great love story. Perhaps they were. Suddenly, even standing was too much effort for Fiora. She had trusted Gustav and been very wrong. And now she was out of time. She slumped towards the floor, but someone caught her and wrapped an arm around her waist to hold her upright. Do you know her? Princess Serafina asked. She held Fiora upright with a firm grip and studied her with a look that said she already suspected the answer. Fiora shook her head anyway, denying everything. I should go. Sorry, I don't know sign language. Serafina didn't sound sorry at all. Fiora looked to Colette and Bernadine, but they were staring at Gustav as he brought Elspeth over to meet them. Fiora's half-sister looked angelic in the candlelight. Her eyes glowed. Possibly with love, but Fiora thought it looked more like triumph. But she might be a little biased. Fiora tried to pull away from Serafina, but her legs wouldn't hold her. She stumbled, and the Princess of Santel tightened her grip. You aren't well, Lady Mare. Massimo, help me support her. Prince Massimo came over and tucked himself under Fiora's spare arm. Do I still have to dance if there's a wedding? He asked, sounding rather cheerful. There won't be a wedding, Serafina said. There's no way they can prepare for a royal wedding in one night. Blast! Marquis Corbo hurried forward to meet the couple. Your Majesty, let me be the first to offer my congratulations. If the young lady will come with me, I have a wedding gown that will suit her quite nicely. We can be ready for the ceremony within the hour. Elspeth curtsied. That is most kind, Marquis. I will also need a wedding attendant. I'm sure Colette would be delighted, Gustav said. Colette was too stunned to do more than blink in response. 
Elspeth nodded at her. Yes, of course your sister should attend me. As should mine. She turned to Fiora with a serene smile. Lady Mare. Colette said. Elspeth laughed. Is that the name she's been using? Your Highness, surely you recognize my older sister, Princess Fiora of Kel? Chapter 60 Gustav kept his arm wrapped around Elspeth's waist. The touch helped convince him that she was real. This was not simply a pleasant dream or imagined song. Princess Fiora, Colette said. She took a step back and stared at the dark-haired woman. Gustav supposed that Fiora resembled Elspeth a little. Mostly in the eyes. But why was everyone so shocked by his love's announcement? There were plenty of royal guests at the gala. What was one more? Princess Fiora, would you be willing to serve as my bride's wedding attendant? It seemed a reasonable question, but everyone stared at Gustav as if he had something very shocking. Even Prince Leonardo and Princess Lenora looked surprised. Grandmother still looked furious. Why was she so angry? Please, Fiora? Elspeth said. Fiora gave Elspeth a long look, then met Gustav's gaze. Her eyes made Gustav's breath catch in his throat. Even filled with tears, they were beautiful and teased at a memory buried in the back of his mind. Why did she look so heartbroken? Elspeth hummed a tune under her breath, and golden rain washed away Gustav's concern for Princess Fiora. He should be more concerned with making his true love happy than placating the feelings of a stranger. We would be honored to have you in our wedding party, Princess Fiora, he said. The princess closed her eyes for a moment, and tears spilled down her cheeks. Then she met Gustav's gaze and nodded. Elspeth grinned. Wonderful. Now, Marquis, I believe you said something about a wedding gown. Gustav, this is ridiculous, Dowager Queen Bernadine said. You can't actually mean to marry this girl tonight. He's the king, Marquis Corbo said. And she is a most suitable young lady. He can marry her whenever he likes. Everything is ready. If we delay, he may ruin things like he did with Princess Karina. But you don't know her, Colette said. Gustav. Her voice trailed off. Gustav swallowed, trying to understand why everyone was so upset. He had expected them to be happy, but Marquis Corbo was the only person who looked pleased. You all want me to get married, he said. You've been pushing me to get married for months. Yes, Bernadine said. But we didn't mean to rush you quite this much. You could at least wait until tomorrow. Or next week. Elspeth squeezed his hand, and Gustav shook his head. Even one night is too long to spend away from my true love. Gustav, you're being absolutely ridiculous. Dowager Queen Bernadine's expression was rather terrifying. Under other circumstances, it would have made Gustav want to run and hide. But with his true love standing next to him, he wasn't afraid of anything. Besides, the law was on his side in this matter. There was nothing they could do to stop the wedding. So he ignored his grandmother and turned to the Marquis. Marquis Corbo, please take Elspeth to be fitted for her gown. Fiora and Colette will attend to her. I trust you can have the rest of the preparations ready within the hour. Of course, Your Majesty. This is everything I have been hoping for. 
Gustav had never seen Marquis Corbo look so happy. Something in the back of his mind said that wasn't a good thing. Anything that made Marquis Corbo happy usually meant trouble for those around him. Then Elspeth stood on her tiptoes and kissed his cheek, and Gustav forgot everything else. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, Dowager Queen Bernadine said. You can't just waltz in here and drag my grandson to the altar. His grandmother's voice pierced through the fog, and Gustav's head began to ache. He looked from Elspeth to his grandmother. What did she have against his bride? Elspeth squeezed his hand tighter and hummed again. She kept doing that. It must be a nervous habit. Suddenly, Gustav was very annoyed that his family kept making his love nervous. You said you would respect my choice, Gustav said. You said even if it wasn't traditional, you would respect my choice. We don't know her, Gustav, Colette said. You don't know her. Her voice was soft. Reasonable. That annoyed Gustav even more than his grandmother's anger. We do know her, Marquis Corbo said. This is Princess Elspeth of Kell. A most eligible match. But she's a stranger, Lady Annabel said. She looked nearly as outraged as his grandmother and sister. Gustav and I have met before, Elspeth said. We spoke at a state function several years ago and have exchanged letters since then. I hope to meet him again at a princess test, but my older sister was sent instead. She nodded to Princess Fiora as she said this. Fiora's face was pale, and she leaned on Princess Serafina and Prince Massimo for support. Gustav, why didn't you mention this before? Colette asked. Why did you let us keep suggesting potential brides if you were already in love with someone? Why did you? Her voice trailed off, and for some reason she looked at Princess Fiora. Why indeed? Dowager Queen Bernadine said. You've never been one to keep secrets from us, Gustav. I. Gustav couldn't quite form the thoughts he needed to answer. He tried to remember meeting Elspeth and writing the letters. The golden fog in his mind assured him it had happened. Then why had he kept it secret? We weren't sure my father would approve, Elspeth said. He wanted Fiora to marry first, but she kept proving unsuccessful in the princess tests. Finally, I convinced him to let me attend Gustav's birthday gala. We were sailing here when I discovered Gustav after his shipwreck. It seemed like fate that I saved his life on the beach that day. Isn't that right? Gustav. Gustav remembered the beach in a vague sort of way, but not meeting Elspeth or writing her letters. He had not been in the habit of speaking to princesses when he was supposed to be negotiating with their fathers. Had he ever even negotiated with the King of Kel? Tell them, Gustav. Her voice was musical and pleading. A golden haze swallowed the memories and told him that it didn't matter if he remembered. If his love said it happened, then surely it had happened. Gustav nodded his agreement. Princess Elspeth and I have been acquainted for several years. The words floated from his mouth as if someone else had put them there. But that was ridiculous. They were his own thoughts. No one looked convinced. Elspeth pulled him close and whispered in his ear. You're the king, Gustav. Don't let them keep us apart. Her lips brushed against his ear and the music in her voice filled his head. 
Gustav straightened and glared at the crowd gathered around him. Elspeth and I will be married tonight. There is no reason to delay. The guests are already here, and Marquis Corbo has everything prepared. Captain West will perform the ceremony. And we'll leave on our honeymoon right away, Elspeth said. My ship and crew are ready for us. Is it wise to sail right now? Colette said. Kraken have attacked recently. Elspeth gave her a condescending smile. I sailed here from Kel without a problem. My charm to repel dark creatures is apparently more effective than whatever you are using. I will be happy to share it with your navy when I return from my honeymoon and take my place as Queen of Montaigne. Dowager Queen Bernadine snorted in disbelief and gave Gustav a look that made him feel he was five years old and had been caught sneaking cookies from the pantry. Something buried deep inside told him that grandmother was right. All of this was unreasonable. He looked away from his grandmother to avoid finishing the thought and met Princess Fiora's gaze. The heartbreak in her deep blue eyes cleared the fog for a moment. She had wrapped her arms around herself as if she were trying to hide from the world. Gustav couldn't shake the feeling that her sadness was his fault. He had promised her something. Had meant to do something with her tonight. To ask her something. What had it been? Apparently something important. Something that mattered to her very much. Elspeth tightened her grip on his arm. He looked down and met her eyes. His regret at disappointing Fiora disappeared in a wave of golden joy. Elspeth hummed another tune, and Gustav's heart beat in time with it. Whatever else happened, this was right. Elspeth was right. Go prepare for the wedding, Elspeth said. I'll see you soon. Then she pulled his head down and kissed him. Gustav stood frozen for a moment. It was hardly appropriate for her to kiss him in front of everyone like that. They had just met. What was she doing? Then a song rang through his head and Gustav wrapped his arms around Elspeth's waist and kissed her back. He felt her grin before she pulled away. She winked at him, grabbed Fiora's hand, and ordered Marquis Corbo to show her to a chamber where they could prepare for the ceremony. Fiora stumbled as they walked away. Gustav watched them go in a daze. His head cleared a little when Elspeth left the room, and he realized that everyone in the ballroom was staring at him. Please, dance and enjoy yourselves while we prepare for the wedding, he said. It would be a shame to waste this party. Gustav, I would like a word in private. Dowager Queen Bernadine was positively bristling. Without Elspeth to give him confidence, Gustav shuddered. Whatever his grandmother was angry about, he didn't have time to deal with it right now. Not if he was going to be married within the hour. It's best not to keep my bride waiting. He ran up the stairs before anyone could stop him. The song filled his head as he left the room, and joy flooded his heart. At last, something had gone right. He had found his love, and they would rule Montaigne together. The memory of the betrayed expression in Fiora's eyes made him miss a step, and his stockinged feet slipped on the smooth marble floor. Gustav leaned against the wall to catch his balance and rubbed his head. Something was wrong. Things were mixed up somehow. Then a golden haze washed away the memory of those sad eyes. Nothing was wrong. For once in his life, everything was just right. Or at least, it would be once he found his shoes. Chapter 61 
Why didn't you tell us you were Princess Fiora? Colette looked angry, but was it because of the deception or Gustav's sudden infatuation with Elspeth? Probably both. I'm sorry. It wasn't an answer, but it was all Fiora felt she could say. Did you know that Gustav was in love with Elspeth? Was your coming here all part of some game? What? No. Fiora glared at Colette. The Princess of Montaigne returned the expression. Her face looked strained, as if her features weren't used to arranging themselves in anything but a gentle smile. Ladies, you shouldn't have conversations that Princess Elspeth can't understand, Marquis Corbo said. You are her wedding attendants. It is rude to ignore her. Colette bit her lip, clearly trying to refrain from yelling at the Marquis. It is beyond rude to crash a birthday party and turn it into your wedding, Fiora signed. Her friendship with Colette was ruined, and Gustav had lost interest in her the moment he saw Elspeth. Fiora had nothing left to lose but her life, and that would happen soon enough. She might as well just be herself. To Fiora's surprise, Colette's lips quirked up in a small smile before returning to a scowl. What did my sister say? Elspeth asked. Her sweet smile never wavered. Surely she knew that Princess Colette was upset, but she acted as if everything was fine. Colette glanced at Fiora. Princess Fiora was reminding me to ask Marchioness Rouge about commissioning a crown for you. The expense will have to be approved by the council immediately if we want it to be ready by the time you get back from your honeymoon. Oh, how thoughtful. Elspeth looked to Marquis Corbo for confirmation. He nodded. Princess Colette and Marchioness Rouge have been overseeing the budget while King Gustav took care of Gala matters. But I can speak to Marchioness Rouge for you. There is no need to neglect your duties as Princess Elspeth's wedding attendant. Oh, but both of us must sign the paper to make it official. Surely you don't want Princess Elspeth to wear an old crown for her coronation. Marquis Corbo considered this. And I know you have a lot to do to prepare for the wedding, Colette continued. I would hate to take you away from your duties and risk delaying the ceremony. Oh, we shouldn't delay, Elspeth said. Please, go, Princess Colette. My sister can assist me. Very well, Marquis Corbo said. But make sure you commission something worthy of our new queen. Perhaps you could use the surplus budget you were going to spend on assisting merchants to buy new jewels. Yes, of course, Colette said. She curtsied to Marquis Corbo, then turned to Fiora. Stall her. I'll summon the council and find a way to stop this. Fiora blinked in surprise. Colette looked rather fierce. The Princess of Montaigne raised her eyebrow in a question, and Fiora nodded. Gustav seemed to have made up his mind about the matter, but she owed it to Colette to help however she could. Princess Colette rushed out the door before Elspeth or Marquis Corbo could demand a translation of their conversation. The seamstress bustled into the room, carrying a gorgeous white dress trimmed with pearls and embroidered seashells. Her assistant followed with an armful of white shoes. Marquis Corbo bowed to Elspeth. Send word if you need anything else. Your Highness. I will go take care of the other preparations. Thank you, Marquis. I look forward to working with you as your queen. Marquis Corbo beamed, bowed again, and hurried from the room. Fiora sank into a chair, 
taking the weight off her feet as the seamstress helped Elspeth into the gown and marked the places to alter. There weren't many. The dress looked as if it were made for the princess. I'll take this back to the sewing room and have it ready for you soon, the seamstress promised. Would you prefer to wait here or accompany me? We'll wait here, Elspeth said. I would like a few moments alone with my sister before the ceremony. The seamstress nodded and carried the dress out of the room. Elspeth turned to Fiora. Well, you have managed to get into quite a mess. Fiora glared and crossed her arms over her chest. Have you really lost your voice? Of course I have. What are you doing here, Elspeth? Why didn't you ever mention that you were writing letters to King Gustav? Elspeth shook her head. I'm sure you're trying to explain yourself, but it's no good. I don't understand sign language. Fiora snorted. If this conversation was going to be one-sided, why was Elspeth so determined to have it? Perhaps because it was going to be one-sided. Because Elspeth had won, and now she could gloat without worrying about being interrupted. I know father is difficult, Fiora, but is he really so bad that you had to run away from home? Fiora raised an eyebrow, and Elspeth laughed. Perhaps he is. I know I'll be happy to be married and out from under his roof. It will be nice to be the one making the rules for a change. Fiora desperately wanted to respond. To yell. To fight back somehow. But her voice was gone and her heart was broken. Not to mention her feet hurt so badly she couldn't walk, and she was almost out of time. The only question now was, would the transformation enchantment kill her first? Or would she turn into sea foam when Gustav married Elspeth? Fiora glared at her ring. At the enchanted gem that dared to glisten as if she still had some hope of surviving the night. At that mysterious wisp of gold curling around the surface. What did it mean? I know someone who could help you, Elspeth said. Fiora narrowed her eyes. Help with what? You're clearly in some kind of distress. Your voice is gone. You're hiding from your family. Are you under some sort of curse? Fiora shrugged. Her very existence felt like a curse at this point. I have a friend who knows magic, and I think she could help. Elspeth hesitated, and Fiora waited. It wasn't like she had anything better to do. Come with us, Elspeth said finally. You can serve as my lady-in-waiting when Gustav and I leave on our honeymoon. There's plenty of room for you on our ship. We'll sail to visit my friend and see if she can help you. Fiora swallowed. The last thing she wanted to do was see Gustav and Elspeth together any more than necessary. Accompanying them on their honeymoon would be torture. The way he looked at her. Fiora closed her eyes and pushed the image away. Whatever she had thought Gustav felt towards her, she had been wrong. The ring was wrong. He loved Elspeth. I'm family, Fiora. I know we haven't always gotten along, but I'd like to help you. I doubt the royal family of Montaigne will want you to stay here since you lied to them. Come with us and let me help you. Fiora swallowed. Elspeth had never helped her. Not once in ten years. But maybe she had been trying. Maybe Fiora herself had been the problem. This castle would be unbearable without Gustav. Although Colette had asked her to stall the ceremony. Was it a gesture of friendship? Or simply desperation? 
Elspeth waited for an answer. Her face looked angelic. She glowed like a woman in love. It wasn't Elspeth's fault that Gustav loved her. That Fiora was unlovable. That her entire relationship with the king had been based on lies that had crumbled like a sandcastle. Fiora sighed. Even if Elspeth's friend couldn't help her, getting on a ship would bring her closer to the mermaids. They seemed her best chance at survival now. It was better than staying in Montaigne and waiting to die at sunrise. She nodded, and Elspeth smiled brightly. Oh, I'm so glad, Fiora. It will be so nice to spend some time together, and I know Gustav will be pleased as well. He seems to value your friendship. Friendship? The word stabbed through Fiora like a knife. It was hard to tell exactly what caused the pain. The curse or Gustav's betrayal or Elspeth's misplaced kindness. The rest of the time before the ceremony passed in a blur. The seamstress returned and helped Elspeth into the wedding gown. Marquis Corbo bustled in and out, checking on the bride and commanding an army of servants. Fiora did what she could to slow things down, but Marquis Corbo was too efficient to allow many delays. And then it was time. Colette joined them outside the door to the ballroom. The princess looked exhausted, as if she had been sprinting around the castle since she left them. She probably had been. Colette met Fiora's gaze and shook her head. Apparently her attempt to stop the wedding had not been successful. Marquis Corbo whispered to a few servants, checking on last-minute details, then nodded to the footman to open the doors. Soft music played as the princesses descended the stairs. Fiora leaned against the railing trying desperately not to show how much pain she was in as she walked into a candlelit nightmare. 